0: Welcome to another episode of Creator Talks. I'm your host, Christopher Calloway, and this week's guest arrival is timely with the coming of the Netflix series, Iron Fist. Today, my guest is writer Ed Brisson. Now, his book, Iron Fist, is coming out on March 22nd. It's not connected with the show in any way, but he is now bringing back Danny Rand, Iron Fist, in his own title, which is being published by Marvel Comics. And since i set up this interview with ed there's been another announcement we talk about as well he's also writing the series old man logan he'll be taking over for jeff lemire and that book will be coming out in june by marvel comics as well also Tommy, given that the movie logan just came out which actually i saw a couple days ago it's an excellent movie uh, the movie logan is not tied in any way with old man logan other than it's an older version of the character logan but the comic book that Ed's gonna be writing will be following the likes of Mark Millar, Brian Bendis, and Jeff Lemire. Hey, also, I wanna let you know that there are two excellent artists on both books that Ed's working on. First off, Iron Fist is gonna have the artist Mike Perkins, and on Old Man Logan, Mike Diodato. And if that wasn't enough, Ed is also working on a mini-series for Bullseye, Daredevil's Nemesis. That book's actually currently on sale. Ed's been really busy, and he's a family man like myself, so getting sleep is, you know, a little tough sometimes. Well, I spoke to Ed shortly after he got up, so we just kind of chit-chat and commiserate about a few things before we get into talking about Iron Fist and Old Man Logan. So here now is my interview with Ed Brisson on Creator Talks.
1: literally been awake for about 10 minutes right now. I'm oh, wait, <laughs> waiting yeah. for somebody to bring me my morning coffee. Uh, I'm usually I usually sleep in on the weekends, but I've been trying to um, I, I, I'm usually like a night guy and I'm trying to turn myself into a morning guy. Oh. Uh, so all week I've been getting up early and I gave myself a little bit to, to sleep in today uh, up until this interview. But I uh, yeah, I've been, I've been trying to switch it up. I mean, I find that when I'm getting up in the morning, I'm getting a lot more done a lot earlier. So I'm trying. I'm trying to stick with that.
0: And it takes about six months to kick in before you're like, "Yeah, this is great."
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I don't like that news. <laughs> I want it like three days tops, and then and then it kicks in. What I don't a- know. I, I go through this all the time, where like a... Um, Used to get up and and run at like five o'clock in the morning and and when I was doing it I'm like this is amazing, you know this is really great I'm I'm so productive after the run I get an early start to my day I feel like I'm sleeping properly and then I'll do it for like a week and then I'll fall off for whatever reason, and and fall right back on it it sucks.
0: I'm with you I used to do the same thing get up early and run and then one or two things would happen I would get injured which would set me back or yeah. the weather would get so bad I couldn't be outside. So, right. So now I get up. I'll have coffee. I'll work on my podcast, do some writing. Then I'll go run. And at that point, I'm awake. I'm less likely to hurt myself. And uh-huh. the sun's usually up at that point, so the cars can see me. And I don't have to worry about yeah. being hit. So yeah, I know right. it's, it's a struggle. It's a battle.
1: Well, it used to be. I used to live right across the street from a high school that had a track, so I just ran there. and hmm. literally just walked across the street, run there. So never got hit by a car. But yeah. I, same thing. I got injured – I don't know how many times I've been injured now running. I think actually only once running. I twisted my ankle back in October. I Cycling is where I got injured most only because I'm a jerk. I'm like a hot dogger when I'm on my bike, when I'm doing really well. <laughs> like I was showing off in front of my wife like about two years ago on my bike by driving up this like sort of cement embankment. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. And then like my bike was like, okay, if you're going to be a show off, I'm just going to go just like fell and you know I fell down the embankment was sort of like held up for like two weeks unable to move because of it but uh yeah you know I don't know where I was going with that exercise <laughs> exercise is bad I guess
0: well the benefits <laughs> outweigh the, the risks you know I mean oh I, absolutely I, most of the time for me it's just like a pulled hamstring and I don't usually have any major problems like I don't fall but I come close to falling like when, like it was a couple weeks ago I tripped and right. I started. I started to fall, and I'm falling towards a car coming at me, which is like this. Is ah. how, and I'm thinking, this is how it's going to end. Yeah. But I balance myself like like I'm like a glider, you know. And I pull myself back up, and I give the car a thumbs up. Who probably was? Uh-huh. They were probably freaking out. But yeah. then I couldn't walk. I, like, <laughs> I pulled every mu- muscle in my body to right myself. <laughs> oh shit. Anyway, onto less painful things. Yes. The first thing. You did your own book, Murder Book. Would you tell me about that first before we get into Iron Fist and the recently announced Old Man Logan you'll be writing?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, Murder Book was a thing. Um, I guess it, like going way back in my my origin story, I had always actually wanted to be a comic book artist, and uh, for the longest time, I was writing, drawing, lettering, and coloring my own comics. Um, I think I self published my first book in like nineteen ninety three. And uh, did that for 17 years, just sort of like self-publishing stuff and just putting it out there. And uh, during that time, I started to lean more into the writing side. I'd only originally started writing uh, because I didn't know any writers and and so did it out of necessity. And, uh, yeah, I started doing a little bit of writing on my own and, and working with artists and had been pitching a few books to Image and uh, other publishers who would look at pitches And I just couldn't get any – like I got very close with a few pitches, but nothing ever got picked up. And around 2010, I got really frustrated with that and decided, you know, screw this. I'm just going to start writing comics I want to read and not worry about pitching them. And just throw them up online. And and that actually happened – it was on my birthday. I was a mopey walking around the house, mopey about getting old, and uh, sat down and started writing – that day what was the first murder book story and just decided to take a year off from pitching comic books to, to publishers to just doing the kind of stuff I wanted to do with artists I wanted to work with and just throwing it all up online for, for free, for people to read. And that's sort of where I started to get some traction. It turns out that just sort of leaning into stories I really wanted to do rather than trying to pitch publishers things that I thought they wanted to see, um, as well started sort of get me attention. So I did, murder book for I guess about four years just periodically we just throw up a a short story when it was done and uh eventually Dark Horse came around and offered to um both fund uh pay for the creation of four new murder book stories and then put together a collection uh, of them and release it and uh, so that's why in 2005 there's a murder book collection and I should also add in in, in before Dark Horse came along, uh, Jay Ferber uh, was doing a book called Near Death and asked me to do some five-page murder book backups in his book and uh, a Curtis Weed book called um, Grim Leaper. I had a murder book in the back of that as well. So some people had seen my stuff and were running it as backup contents and then Dark Horse came along and, and offered the deal that they did. So that's sort of the origin story for for Murder Book, and and I guess I never got into what it's about. But Murder Book are essentially the short, um, sort of uh, noir crime stories. Just about all of them are set in Vancouver, where I was living up until uh, a few months ago. And uh, yeah, they're just short, tight, um, beginning, middle, and end stories um, that feel kind of like, kind of like almost like crime twilight zone stories in, in some way you know they're very very sometimes have that sort of twist ending to them sometimes uh, not necessarily
0: and you did the art in those as
1: well or you, you no had... no okay i I gave, I gave up i gave up on the you whole gave... idea of drawing okay um and and when i gave up on drawing that seems to be where um i started to gain some traction so clearly uh, publishers were not interested in my art
0: <laughs> and after that uh you did come back for image was it after that or
1: concurrent for there? Um. Uh, it was sort of uh, comeback came out in 2012 mm-hmm. with image. So it was after I'd been doing murder book for a couple of years. Uh, Michael Walsh, who uh, he and I uh, collaborated on comeback. He drawn a murder book story as well. So, and actually a lot of the guys that I, I worked with on, on much of my early image stuff are guys who we worked on a murder book story first and then went on to do that. Um, so yeah, that came about in 2012. Um, Michael Walsh and I met in 2010, uh, online. He'd hired me to letter. I, I was making my income as a comic book letterer and he hired me to letter something. And then we got to talking I showed him some of my work and we decided to just start pitching that image together. And, uh, the two of us just really put our nose down to the grindstone. And, um, Decided that we were just going to make a pitch, send it uh, while that while we're waiting for feedback on that, do another pitch, send it and just keep doing that. We had this idea, the two of us like within a year, this is our goal. Within a year, we are going to get an image book. And, you know, we saw we sought out to do that. And, and, you know, luckily we actually managed to pull that off and did come back, which is sort of a modern day uh, crime slash time travel story. Um, where time travel is possible, but sort of it's very limited. You can only travel 67 days, and it's about an agency who uses it to sort of um, save people who might have died uh, unnatural deaths in the past.
0: And since then, things have been clicking for you, and things are really clicking now. It seems like your name is popping up everywhere (laughs) because you have have Iron Fist coming up and Old Man Logan. Let's start with Iron Fist. Sure. Now, are you – a reader of the source material, have you gone back or have you at one time read the Marvel premiere issues, the Claremont Burns series?
1: Yeah, I've read those. I think like – I read those as a kid and, and growing up and um, I think like for, for me, I always liked Iron Fist. Um, I liked those books a lot uh, but it wasn't until the Brewbreaker Fraction run where I really – really loved that character It was a uh, Brubaker fraction and aha the, the artist aha uh that's when I that character really clicked for me and I really liked a lot of the stuff that they did there um so yeah I, I that that run of theirs is probably you know in my top five top 10 comic runs ever so to to be given the opportunity to go back and and do some work with this character was uh was um it, 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 when they offered it to me I was, I was pretty floored and, and pretty flabbergasted but pretty you know pretty excited and trying to trying to do the character justice
0: how did that conversation go when uh, Marvel editorial contacted you uh,
1: I wish I wish it was like more exciting um, <laughs> but they just they called me up and they're like hey you know we because at the time um, I was writing Bullseye for them which uh, I think the second issue just came out last week and um I, it's a five-issue mini that I was still working on, and they had said that there, they had another book that they were going to offer, and uh, I'd been trying to figure out what it was. But when, when they called me up and asked you know, if I'd be interested in writing Iron Fist, it was it was like pretty much that simple. They just asked if I would be interested in writing Iron Fist, and uh, I didn't hesitate to say, hell yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Now, the series
0: coming up, does that continue or build off of the Kari Andrew series, Living
1: Weapon? It sort of it it starts from shortly after after that uh, ends. We use how it ends as our starting point. Uh, so Kunlun is in ruins uh, as it is in that series. Um, there, there's a few other things that that we pick up right from there. Uh, where we start is that Danny's um, uh, the qi, his chi is starting to sort of fade, and he's not sure why or he's not sure what's happening. And he can't get back to Kunlun right now. They destroyed, at the end of Kari's run, they destroyed the tunnel. That was sort of the only route back there. And uh, so he's sort of out adrift by himself trying to figure out uh, how he can reignite his chi. And if he can't, what it means, what it would mean to him to lose that. Because, you know, he's he went to Kunlun as a child. Most of his life has been about... Um, becoming the Iron Fist, uh, his parents sacrificed their lives—you know, not necessarily willingly—but you know, so that this is this is the life he could have. So, what does it mean if he loses that? Um, what does that mean for his own sense of self-identity and, and where he is in the world and, and every you know every sacrifice he's given? Um, so he's trying—he's basically trying to deal with these heavy questions while trying to desperately hold on to this power of his and, and not give it up.
0: And I'm so excited when a book hat is teamed up, the writer and artist team up are perfect for the book. Um, and you have Mike Perkins doing yes. the art and he worked on Deathlock, he worked on Rowan's Ruin. And he has a kind of nice dark, shadowy artwork type style, kinda of like Brew Baker's criminal <laughs> books. So I think it's gonna work for a more of a street level type character.
1: Yeah, no, his art has been incredible. Uh, he's also a big fan of the character, so uh, you can sort of you can feel his excitement in the pages. Uh, he, he's been a great collaborator on this. Uh, we've talked a little bit back and forth, and uh, you know, he just sent a page the other day that uh, I think I'd written five panels, but he he turned it into like a fifteen-panel uh, fight scene page, which was just just staggering it was just amazing so he's he's been great to work for it i think uh work on it with and i think that people are are going to be quite blown away by his stuff
0: i'm very excited about it i'm just wondering um the danny rand in david f walker's power man iron fist is there any sense of that character interpretation in your book or is it as you said more coming off of the kari andrews run
1: yeah, I think he's he's more serious than than in the Power Man Iron Fist series, which like I think that's a really great series. Uh, I really like it a lot. Um, but totally, we're just we're going for something different than than what he was doing there. Um, so there's still like Danny, you know, Danny's always Danny he's going to be cracking jokes. It's definitely going to be a much. Uh, darker book.
0: And, uh, you know, one thing that's always kind of disappointing is that Iron Fist really hasn't taken off on his own in the Marvel Universe. And I'm wondering if he can sustain himself as an ongoing series. And by ongoing, I know a lot of series don't go on forever and ever. A lot of times it's a series of miniseries, which seems to be what happens nowadays, which is fine. A story is a story. But do you think Iron Fist can reach that level now, especially with the Netflix uh, show coming out soon, as an ongoing series or a continuing series of miniseries?
1: Uh for myself, I hope to Christ so. Um like I, I hope he does, but uh, you know, uh he's a character I've always liked and always wanted to sort of see on um on the shelves. And uh I'm trying you know, definitely I'm trying to give the series as much um steam as possible to keep going for, for a good long while. But uh you know, it's it's always hard to predict in comics these days what's gonna what's gonna stick around and what's not. Uh, there's some books that I love that uh, that wrap up after 10 issues, and uh, some that I'm maybe not as keen about that go on for a hundred. So we'll see. But uh, I'm gonna do my best to make sure that Danny sticks around for a good long while.
0: Great. So it is going to be, as far as you're concerned, ongoing. It isn't. It's a
1: it's an ongoing series. Yeah, okay, absolutely.
0: yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, there are some titles out now that I'm glad they're finally – those characters are back of the shelves like Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer. Um, maybe there'll be a place for Namor someday but this is among those right. characters I think that really need to be out there and uh, looking forward to reading the series have you received any direction from editorial from Marvel about how that would not necessarily fit into the Netflix series because it's completely separate it's Marvel Studios mm-hmm. but any, any kind of parameters that you were given or restrictions you were given to kind of work within with the character
1: none at all Yeah, no, I think right. that they um, thankfully just treat them as two separate things There's the, there's the comic book and then there's a show and, and there are two separate entities. There's not really, um, there was, I think, no editorial direction at all. Um, I think the only thing I that we got is maybe just give him a little bit of, uh, uh, unshaven look in the first issue to sort of tie in a little bit with how he, how he looks there. But like the, the two don't even really look that similar to be honest. Um, so yeah, I think that was the closest, like let's give him like five day shadow that's,
0: that's uh, good. Five,
1: five five o'clock shadow sorry <laughs> um uh yeah. so that was about it uh other than that no that there was none of that at all um i like i said i think they try and just keep uh, they recognize that they're very different things and trying to just copy the show i don't think is going to uh benefit anyone
0: no it's not going to confuse people that walk into the store looking for more iron fist if they've seen the tv show and they say oh no. i I, would, I don't usually find that to be a problem these conversations i hear within my own comic shop in my area i don't hear any kind of confusion it seems to be fine i mean there's plenty to select from now have you seen any of the advanced reviews about iron fist coming out or any of it at all
1: uh i not too much i've actually really been staying off the internet um uh quite a bit over the last um last couple of weeks i've uh, because I'm working on on three books right now, I've tried to sort of limit my internet uh, and just just put my head down and write. Yeah, that's. So cons- I've I've seen a little bit of it, but yeah, again, until the show's out, I'm not I'm not gonna judge it for myself. Yeah. Or I'm not gonna judge it based on on reviews.
0: Oh no, absolutely, I I yeah. agree 100%. Yeah, I mean I've seen some like not spoiler reviews, but just kind of general impressions, and most of them are not very kind. Not terrible, yeah. but just not ecstatic <laughs> about it. But it's hard to say. I mean, I have like seen some bad reviews and heard some bad reviews about certain movies, stayed away from the movie, and I'll go and watch it later, like on Netflix or something. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, you know what? This isn't so bad. I think sometimes like, people get really into the details and the weeds with it, and if they're very, very close to a character that they've read for years, it's hard to see it with fresh eyes interpreted yeah. on the small screen or the big screen, and it just colors their whole perception of how good a film it is. You know, outside yeah. of the character so I don't pay too much attention to those reviews myself I'd rather find out for myself I may lay something about it that somebody else doesn't you know
1: yeah absolutely and I do the same I don't uh, if I, if I know I'm going to watch something I usually dodge reviews unless um, you know like my Twitter feed all of a sudden gets inundated with everybody hating it yeah. um, <laughs> but I have actually like over the last couple of weeks just taken a break uh, from Twitter and, um, and from the internet in general, so I've just been trying to stay outside of it and just focus on my work. So I haven't seen it yet, but like when the show comes out, I'll watch it and I'll sort of make up my own mind, I guess.
0: Have you seen the other Netflix series, The Daredevil, Jessica Jones? Yeah,
1: yeah I've liked them enough. They're good shows, so – Hopefully they don't break the streak. And if people don't like the show, they can come read the comic.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
0: the thing I like about the comics is that you'll see the characters, the heroes in costume. Whereas on the screen, sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. But when you see it in the comic book, it's like, well, of course, we're sure, fine, you know. And it doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't look weird. It looks like that's what Iron Fist wears. But it, on screen, sometimes it's a little more difficult. Like I personally, I think that when they put Daredevil in the red costume in the Netflix series. I preferred the Black Ninja outfit because to me that just seemed more practical. Oh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. project his body at all, but you can slip around in the dark. He doesn't need to see, right? So yeah. I, mean, it, <laughs> I wish they kept that longer because I think it would have fit in with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and whatever they're going to do with Iron Fist if they don't have him in costume. It would just look more cohesive as a team, Defenders, later on.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And he didn't – like both um, – Daredevil, that black costume is canon. That was from the Frank Miller – Mm -hmm. run back in the 80s so yeah I feel like I'm with you I'm with you there I I like the black one the black uh, ninja outfit
0: and so you are busy writing on three books and another one that you're writing is Old Man Logan Mm -hmm. Uh, and that just I guess that was announced not too long ago actually
1: yeah just over a week ago
0: so let's talk about that Uh, you're going to be following Jeff Lemire Mm -hmm. on Old Man Logan I think issue 25 is that right That's,
1: that's that's right yeah
0: okay so that'll be around June I think it's coming out yep and, in June, and just announced Mike Diadato is going to be the artist on the book.
1: Absolutely, I actually just uh, before hopping on this call with you was looking at uh, some pages he'd sent in, and uh, yeah, pretty excited about that. That was another one where uh, where they kind of teased me out with a, with that new project for a little bit uh, that ended up being this, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, you know I'm a huge Logan fan. Like so far, the stuff that they've offered me at Marvel, I'm kind of batting hundred right now with. Uh, Things that uh, they've offered me being things that I would really like to work on. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, I'm taking over from uh, from Jeff Lemire, which is uh, a little bit nerve wracking. I think Jeff Lemire is a great writer and he's been doing some amazing things with Old Man Logan. And so uh, I know I've got some big shoes to fill, but uh, I think we've got a few good stories in, in the pipes here that, are, uh, that will hopefully... Um, you know, we'll be able to take the torch and keep running with it.
0: And so you've read the source material for Old Man Logan, obviously. I mean, you've read stuff by Millar, you've read stuff by Bendis. And have you been following the Mirrors uh, run on that too? Yeah, up?
1: absolutely. I, I've I've been reading it all along. And uh yeah, uh, again, another two names were like not nerve wracking at all.
0: <laughs> well, you know, they said you up with a great artist too. So again, yeah. just like Ironfish, it's – you're knocking it out of the park with the way this is set up. This is great. I mean this, the quality in the book is going to stay solid all the way through. And I'm, uh-huh. glad, I'm glad they're not rebooting the series You because know, a lot of times mm-hmm. a new artist, a new writer comes on. They want to make it their own. They Marvel will reboot the series because after all, number ones tend to sell better anyway. It's just the way, it, just yeah. the way it works. But I'm glad it's, it's continuing on the same numbering, a little less confusing. And, uh, right. So where were you going to take the character when you pick up the book?
1: well when we pick up the book it's uh logan sort of um he's just off on his own um you know just trying to uh you know you know what logan does is just go go off on his own sometimes and he happens to be off on his own this time where he uh has a bit of a run-in with some hulks and uh eventually sort of leading to um the maestro uh coming into the series and uh Basically, you know, we're we're building up to a big uh, old man Logan sort of maestro showdown. And if people aren't familiar with the maestro, it's the um, it's uh, the future and perfect version of the Hulk. Uh, so it's Bruce Banner from a hundred years in the future. Uh, so now he's back, um, and uh, he's going to be facing off against our Wolverine from fifty years in the future. So a couple older. <clears throat> war tested uh dudes going at it um i like i think that one thing for me that's interesting is that sort of dichotomy that um like logan is back here in our present, and one of his major sort of preoccupations is um is um preventing the the sort of wasteland future that he comes from so he's trying to uh, prevent any sort of uh, apocalyptic or cataclysmic event that could potentially lead to that and now we've got maestro here and that's his number one goal is to make that happen so you got these two guys uh from two very similar futures um and one's one's trying to stop that future from coming about one's trying his damnedest to bring that future about and uh sort of that's that's their starting place and that's where we you sort of meet them and uh, and then pit them against one another.
0: Would you suggest for readers they should do any prep work? Like, should I go back and read Future Imperfect? I have those. Um.
1: I, I feel like if you you know <clears throat> you could read Future Imperfect and uh, and you know that would inform it more. I think that there's enough uh, going on in the series that we're writing that you can just glean that from from reading it. But obviously, you know, if you haven't read it, it's a it's a great series, so definitely worth a, worth a read. Uh, and same if someone hasn't read the original old man and logan uh, um series at this point, um, I feel like it might be worth uh, worth going back and giving a read to the Milar series and then yeah, if Definitely. you haven't read the Lemire run and um then absolutely do that as well but we're we're trying to write it in a good place that people could just drop in and and pick up what's going on from issue one onward.
0: I'm glad Marvel's doing so much with Old man Logan because I really. Don't want to see the character go back to the younger Logan at this point. I like, you know, you have X23 as kind of the new Wolverine. You have Old Man Logan. It's, there's so much you can do with that character because he's not just a man at a time. There's just so much to do with that character. I hope they keep him around for a long time.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I'll, I'll agree with you. Um, I'm sometimes skeptical about new versions of uh, existing characters, but I think Old Man Logan is one of those things that just really fits the characters so well. That uh, he's yeah, it almost feels like a like a, a better Wolverine than the original Wolverine. If that makes if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I like Old Man Logan a lot as a character, and uh, I think he's got a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of strings to pull at for for storytelling for sure.
0: Now, did you have a chance to it, see the film Logan? I
1: just saw it two nights ago.
0: Okay, I saw it last night. Yeah.
1: What did you think? Did
0: you like it? I I did like it. I haven't followed X-Men canon very closely. I haven't seen any other Logan films, actually. I've seen, I think, all the X-Men films now, but not any of the Logan films. And I heard this one was probably the best. And I was leaning forward and wrapped with attention when that film came on. I really did enjoy it. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything here, but I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed the acting. I was surprised by some of the actors that they used in the film. I didn't know were going to be in it because I try to stay away from a lot of previews and spoilers. Right. I, just, I, I just stay away from that stuff on the internet because I want to be completely surprised. I mean, other than seeing one trailer, I stayed out of it. What did you think?
1: I liked it a lot. Um, I was actually – I was kind of surprised by some of the characters. And I, and I am probably going to spoil some of the characters, but they come in early, so I don't think it should be a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, that they used Caliban in it I thought was kind of really cool. Um, my only complaint – and this is like really minor, uh, is that they use the Reavers in it, which is great. But I wish they'd use Bonebreaker. Uh, only for me, like, uh, I don't know if you remember Bonebreaker. He's a guy who's like half man, half tank. Uh, his, his legs are tank treads. <laughs> it's literally, as a kid, he was always my favorite dude on, on the Reavers. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it would have been kind of cool. Uh, but probably way too silly for them. Uh, but still, I wanted to see it. But yeah. yeah, other other than that, I enjoyed it. I went with my wife who really loved it. <clears throat> she loved it quite uh, a lot, which is uh, – for her, for her, she could be hit and miss on, on some of these uh, – some of the um, you know, superhero movies.
0: Uh, ditto here. Yep, same thing. Yep. We both went and uh, I leaned over to my wife and I said, Caliban, that's Ricky Gervais' friend. That's Stephen uh-huh. Merchant. And she's like – yes she says you have a gift because, you know, <laughs> I, I, well I'll do this with TV shows and movies we're watching uh-huh. I'm like I know who that is I know that face I know that face and then I'll come up uh-huh. with who it is and she's like I never noticed I'm like it's just this weird thing I don't know what it is but yeah I was really he did an excellent job in the film too
1: he did yeah he, uh, it was it was weird to see him in there because he's usually a, a comedic actor so yeah it was, it was quite interesting and that was a good film though
0: and Pierce was uh, Boyd Holbrook which I recognized from Narcos I saw that series on Netflix right okay. have you have you seen that series
1: I watched, that's, I watched the first season, but okay. not the
0: second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was really good too, especially the uh, actor who played uh, Escobar. It was uh, mm-hmm. really good. But uh, yeah, I thought I was very happy with the film, and it didn't seem like two hours and 15 minutes. You know, I think everybody knows by now there's no uh, post-credit scenes
1: I, yeah, we didn't stick around for that.
0: Uh, nah, there isn't any. But,
1: all right, well, there we go.
0: No, no. And I usually get, you know, why are you still sitting there? I'm like, this going to be post-credit scenes. Uh-huh. Well, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll see you later. I'll be outside. Right. I'm like, but I got to stay. You don't understand. I really like this uh-huh. stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I – Probably will get out again hopefully uh, to see some more movies. I don't get out too often with the kids and, and the wife and I get a chance to get to go out. But it, it was it was a good night out.
1: Yeah, I'm same here. We've got a – I've got a 10-year-old daughter who uh, it's sometimes difficult to get out and see movies. But we lucked out the other night where uh, my sister uh, watched over her for a little bit so we could get to see Logan. And I'm desperately trying to get to see Get Out um, hopefully this weekend. But we'll see. We'll see how these how these deadlines go. And so you, you said you're working on three books.
0: Uh, with the third yeah. one, was you referring to Deadpool's. Other, I mean, sorry, Deadpool. Uh, Bullseye.
1: Bullseye. Yeah. So I've done Bullseye, and uh, I just just wrapped on Bullseye. So it's gonna be five issues. That one. It's a mm-hmm. mini series. So just wrapped that. Then we've got Iron Fist and and Old Man Logan. And usually when I have downtime, I, I uh, will find a little bit of time to sort of pluck away on uh, personal projects. I've got to uh, create our own thing that I'm going to try to develop for sometime in 2018. Uh, but I, <clears throat> I just sort of am working on it in my spare time when, when I've got downtime between other projects.
0: So is, is this something you plan to maybe publish hopefully through Image or just your own publication? Probably,
1: yeah, I'll probably pitch it to Image and see if they'll take it. Um, you know, if, if they don't, then just sort of talk to some other publishers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've had a pretty good relationship with Image in the past, so hopefully, hopefully I can keep that going.
0: Is there a character that you really want to write that you haven't had the chance to yet?
1: I think for me, my bucket list characters um, are Daredevil and Punisher. Um, Punisher, especially, I'd love to, I'd love to just sink my teeth into and do do a nice, a nice healthy run on Punisher.
0: And is there an artist that you'd really like? to – I mean, you you have a great artist you're working with now, but is there somebody yeah. else that you want to work with in the future?
1: Man, you know. I, you think I would have thought of this before, but, um, I think, you know, other than, other than like everyone I've worked with already aside, like, those are sort of givens. Um, growing up, I was a massive, massive John Romita jr. Fan. Um, mm-hmm. I would love a chance to work with, uh, John Romita jr. And Mike Zack, who, um, he drew Punisher back in the day and he drew one of my favorite, um, uh, <clears throat> Marvel miniseries, which is, uh, Craven's last hunt. Um, uh, He's also a dude I, I would not – I would uh, be uh, pretty happy to work with.
0: Oh, that was a great series. I love that uh, right. black outfit for Spider-Man
1: too. Ditto. I was just having a conversation about it yesterday. And Craven's Last Hunt is is for me probably uh, one of my top five uh, series of all time and certainly the most uh, impactful on me as a, as a reader and, and, and who I am now as a reader
0: yeah I'm wondering, since you're writing both Iron Fists and Old Man Logan, I know you have a lot of stories in your head already planned out. Do you think at some point they'll ever cross over?
1: Uh, you know what I've never never um I don't have anything in my head right now or any any plans to cross the two books over, so I'll say for right now no, that maybe mm-hmm. not, but uh who knows what the future holds?
0: yeah, just keep that in the back of your mind just in case right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll do. So anything else you're working on that you want to share? I don't want to take too much of your time, but anything else you want no. to share with the audience?
1: I think we we hit it all. I've got Bullseye, which is coming out right now. So uh, uh, if uh, listeners want to check out what my Marvel work looks like, then uh, run out and check out Bullseye. Um, then I think it's March 22nd is uh, Iron Fist um, number one. And unfortunately, you'll have to wait until – uh, June to see my old man Logan but up until then please do read Jeff Lemire uh, Jeff Lemire's run on old man Logan because it's pretty spectacular um, other than that maybe if people want to check out Murder Book, uh, if they're curious to see um, a few short stories they can still go to the website which is I believe murderbookcomic.com uh, I guess I'm sitting in front of a computer so I can confirm that for you I should know my own websites but you know um <clears throat> Comic.com. Let's just double check that one. And um, <clears throat> then, if you know, they can read a few, I think I've got like six short stories up on murderbookcomic.com that uh, they can check out and read, see some of my early work. And then, the latest uh, thing I had come out through Image was a book called The Violence, which is a longer uh, five issue uh, crime story about a, a ex drug addict couple sort of trying to trying to get their lives together and, and unfortunately, failing miserably. Uh, it's a, a book I'm quite proud of. came out just a few months ago, so it's, it's still pretty recent.
0: All good recommendations, and I want to check them out. I definitely yeah. – on my shopping list this weekend is Bullseye. I definitely want to pick All it right. up. He was one of my favorite characters. I had that first appearance of him in Daredevil. Yeah. yep. had that comic. Still have it today with the stamp cut out.
1: Nice job. Awesome. Nice job. <laughs> you
0: know, I also have <laughs> – it's just so sad stories. Hulk 181 with the first appearance of Wolverine. And I cut the stamp out.
1: You know, I always I, – because I lived in Canada, you know, and you could you could um, cut out all those offers. My parents always uh, – they wouldn't let me send away for any of the offers because they're all in the United States. Oh. So I, I never d- defaced any of my comics, but I actually didn't hold on to them either. I, I'm, I don't like – I'm weird with I, – I, I'm not a big collector of stuff i don't like having stuff around mm-hmm. and so every time i've moved since i was 20 i end up giving away like two or three long boxes of comics so i i don't when i think about it i've probably given away thousands upon thousands of dollars of books so i don't think about it um <laughs> but yeah there's there's much that's unfortunately gone now
0: oh uh, yeah i've turned some over over the years but i still have a large collection neatly organized alphabetized numerically oh. on shelves i had built just, to, just for my books so um I've taken care of them, most of them. Just when nice. I was when I was a kid,
1: starting out, I'm like, oh,
0: cool! I'll collect the stamps and yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now one, once I get my own, like once we like once we get a larger house, we we just moved, like I said, to a different city a few years ago, and our plan is to buy a house in the, in the next year. And once that happens, man, then then that's when the collection's going to start, and that's when. <laughs> I'm sure it will take over my life.
0: (laughs) It can. Well, Ed, thanks so much. We're going to look for Iron Fist on the 22nd. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. And then Old Man Logan coming up in June. And, of course, Bullseye on sale now. So people should check that out. All
1: right. Ed, thanks so much. No, thanks for having me.
0: That wraps up my interview with Ed Brisson. He is on fire. He has Iron Fist he's writing. He has Old Man Logan coming up in June. And right now he's writing Bullseye, a triple play. And I urge you to check those all out because I went to my local comic shop to pick up a copy of Bullseye and they're all gone. So shame on me for not pre-ordering. I did pre-order Iron Fist, so that will be in my box when I go to my local comic shop on March 22nd to get my weekly stash. I think I'll start posting the books that I pick up on my blog each week. Just, you know, share what I'm picking up and what I'm reading. And as I said, from time to time I might write a blog about one or two of the books I read. Uh, so I can recommend to you, the listeners, so you don't miss out like I did. You know, I also talked Ed about those uh, Marvel value stamps, and I, I cut those out of my books, a lot of them when I was growing up. You know, Iron Fist was one of the ones I cut out the Marvel value stamp, the Hulk 181 with uh, Wolverine's first full appearance, I cut out that stamp. Oh geez, you know, so many stamps I cut out of books that would have been worth hundreds, of course, if I hadn't beaten them to death as a kid. And that's why those key titles command a price when they're on the market, because if they've been kept in really nice condition, they can fetch a higher price than your average comic book. And let's face it, most of the books that come out nowadays aren't going to be worth a whole lot because, well, most people now take care of the comic books when they buy them, put them in bags and boards, unless that book had a very low print run. And later on becomes a big hit, and well, there just are enough copies on the market to satisfy the demand, so it's a simple case of supply and demand. But if you're like me, you read comic books because you love them. And that's why I love having the creators on this show. Who's coming up next? Well, follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Creator Talks Pod. That's at Creator Talks Pod, or visit my website, Creatortalks.com. For Creator Talks, I'm your host, Christopher Calloway. Until next time.